Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. The trade deadline edition on Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. With me to start the show, because we are going to be doing a mega stream here as we approach the deadline at three o'clock. We're going to take you up to the deadline, through the deadline, after the deadline with as much analysis, as much information, and as much um, kind of as this stuff breaks down. Hopefully there'll be a deal to talk about where we can have some basketball implications as well. Uh, But to start out the show, I want to shout out um, first the folks that are joining me, and that is Sean Rochester. Uh, You guys know where to find him on Twitter. Uh, The handle's not up, but S Rochester NBA, there it is. And then we also have from Miami Heat Beat, he contributes elsewhere, um, and he's awesome. One of my favorite perspectives on the Twitter machine, John Jablanca joins us as well. Thank you for uh, diving into this uh, trade deadline special. Um, so there's moves are happening right now. Uh, we're going to try to keep you guys updated. We're connected to our phones. There's mine. Um, and we're, so we're going to be trying to go through this just like you, but a lot of this is us reacting just like you, because frankly, at this point, um, it's, it's essentially going straight from, uh, these high level sources to the national guys. So, um, but before we dive into any of that, Shout out to prize picks. Use the code five. I am calling this out because the Super Bowl is Sunday, y'all. So, like, we got to get signed up. We got to get our money deposited to get your deposit matched. Use the code five, F-I-V-E. They have all these super dope props. So, we're talking to Patrick Mahomes free square on passing yards. All he has to do is get one passing yard, and that square you'll get right. That's like a 99% value. You still got a lot of time to get in on that. Um, but also they got a lot of different cool props. Um, things like QB hits is something that I didn't see uh, earlier that's now on there that I find to be a fun prop. So go there, play your Super Bowl props, your favorite players, your favorite teams. If these aren't your teams in the Super Bowl, then just pick the, the picks that you think are going to go right. You can win up to 10 times your money, but you got to use the code 5FIVE to get that deposit matched. All right. So here we go. 
everyone's very, very frustrated and they're very serious because it's two and there's no trades happening yet for the heat. Um, I will bring you guys up to date on what I know. Uh, I know that Miami has been engaged with the Utah Jazz, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know to what degree. That's when the information cut off for me. As you all know, I am never claiming to be the most sourced individual you will find on the internet, on Twitter. Uh, so there's a certain extent to where I begin to be phased out of this process and I do not hear much, but those were the three teams that came up. So we're going to see what happens here uh, as the Hawks just made a deal um, with the Houston Rockets, uh, which we'll get to in a moment because they're tertiary pieces on both teams. So let's, I guess, get people up to speed. I'm sure everyone's been catching the dopamine hits uh, from their phones as each Woj and Shams bomb comes. Sean, initial reactions to the deals that have taken place so far on the deadline day. And then um, I know that Heat Twitter has angst. Heat fans have angst about what comes next for them. What are your thoughts on the Heat's approach to the remainder of the deadline? Just seeing the teams that haven't made a trade yet. Yeah, obviously we have 57, 56 minutes left now. Um, you know, a lot of minor trades, role player type trades, but the cost in the market, the pricing point, I should say, in the market, like the Bones Highland trade, um, the Sadiq Bay trade, like those are guys that I think many people thought would go around the cost of a first or like a, a player of the value of a first. And they're going for three, four, five second round picks. Like I don't ever remember second round picks being grouped like that before. In Correct. Past I agree. It's, yep. it's very odd to me because like, you know, when we talked the other day about packaging a second with Deadman to get rid of that contract, some people felt like, you know what, it's just a second. And now you're starting to see what some people have said in the past about the value of seconds. It's just kind of like that, that sweetener or whatever you want to call it on top. So you know, obviously we don't have those seconds. We would have to move players to get seconds and then move those seconds in the next hour. Um, but it may be something that as we move forward, the front office knows what they're doing. I'm not going to get into that part. I think we believe in what they do, but it may be something that we have to adjust as the league adjusts. The second round picks may be more valued than in the past. Yeah. Oh, that KZ uh, Paula trade. Oh, it hurts. Um, with the second round picks, I guess I just mean in general, but also the Dwayne Deadman asset management. Like if we get to three o'clock and they just simply shipped him off after signing him because they could exceed the cap to keep him. And there was a perceived benefit to doing that versus just filling a vet minimum salary. He did not play that well, John. Uh, I think you've been um, you've documented it to some degree, but you may not be the loudest on the Dwayne Deadman uh extreme hate train that went through Miami. So from the deals that have happened so far, and we'll try to catch you up to them. I'm going to try to find a, a running log of all the transactions so that we can keep you guys up to date. But John, just of what we've seen so far, New York obviously updated uh, their roster with Josh Hart. You're seeing other teams try to make uh, smaller moves. There's talk of the Knicks getting in on Levine, which we, I mean, they're right behind the heat in the standings. As you look around the landscape of the East, doesn't this feel like a prime opportunity for Miami to upgrade and like try to 
catapult into a top five or four seed because Brooklyn is going to fall. Um, that that should be the approach. Isn't that the prudent way to approach this? Yeah, I think it should. And I don't think they should be waiting for in the offseason for a potential whale. That could never happen. Um, but that's why I don't think they should hold on to their, their re- three remaining picks that they can trade for. Um, except I think they're just in a worse place than they could have been because they just they need to use their first round picks to even get rid of Kyle and Duncan. It's not attaching a first round pick to a valuable player to get a better player in general. It's attaching picks to even get off those players in the first place. That's why that's when I don't think it's it might not be worth it because a car in the first might get you a better a slightly better player, but then you're still losing that first round pick. Um, so, but then I don't I also don't want them to wait the offseason because I think there are still two key pieces away but those key pieces don't have to be OG or Mikel they can be a Dorian Finney-Smith and a Kelly Olynyk. I think those two they're not all-star players they're not guys that will cost three first round picks but they would make this team a contender but then East have Kyle and a Duncan that needs additional pick just to get them off so I don't know where the Heat are in a place of assets and how um what value they have. Yeah. Um, it is a, it's they're in this weird spot because you're right. Like when you saw what Russ just went for as a bloated expiring, you can't deny that Lowry as an expiring next season, next summer, next deadline is going to be the type of contract that with picks attached brings you back talent. Look what LA just did. They revitalized that roster and I thought that they looked incompetent at it and they've done good things. It felt like to me, I'm at a point where I just, when I see Bam and Jimmy playing as well as they are, and everyone has kind of beat this to death. So I'm not going to stick around here long, but I just want to reiterate to everyone who's watching because I often get called the heat apologist. And oftentimes I am like, I am the dude who sticks up for the organization because the data from my history to now tells me that that's the right decision for me to make as a person and a fan and an onlooker. So like y'all feel how you want to feel. That's how I approach this thing. That being said, this is getting to a point where if you don't get Jimmy and Bam help, and if you're not willing to go all in, you don't really have the KD package anyway, or like whoever the big package is there. They they don't have a bunch of picks. So at that point to me, it's like, okay, maybe they're not a superstar away. They got stars, right, Sean? So this is a point where I think that there's a divide where some um, that have been kind of talking about what the Heat are doing, I guess uh, even media members have mentioned like, you know, this may be a situation that needs to go into the summer. I feel like that's really wasting uh, a year here. Am I overreacting to that? Is that just my fan stuff coming out? Yeah, I think it's a tough decision because you obviously, I think we all, one thing we can all agree on is that the Heat need to do something today. Whether that is going one direction and finding help, power forwards, shooting, whatever it may be. The other direction would be what you're seeing around the league is, do you start thinking about trading the Max Bruce's, the Caleb Martins, the Gabe Vincent's, the Omer's for those second round packages and kind of resetting and restocking your cabinet? I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, I don't think any of us do. We can all give our opinions. Some people lean one way or the other, but it's tough because you can't be in the middle. 
I think, uh, you know, being in the middle is probably the worst spot because not talking about standings wise, like just not knowing which direction you're going in because you either got to go one way or the other. I think being stuck in the middle, you're, you're probably not optimizing Bam and Jimmy. Um, you're probably not optimizing bringing in talent or, uh, adding talent via the draft or via free agency or via the trade market. It just seems like we're kind of stuck in the middle. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the next hour is going to kind of tell the, what the front office thinks in terms of which direction they want to go. Yeah. It's a tough spot. And hearing Sean have to like stumble through saying stuck in the middle, I can see it hurts his soul because it hurts my soul to like have to even talk about it in these terms. Uh, and I know that there's going to be cats pulling the okie doke on Twitter trying to say, I told you so. Just stop. I don't get to places y'all get to as quickly. Tony Schwartz has joined, joined the program. We're happy to have him. Um, and as I'm saying this, Eric Gordon is going from the Rockets to the Clippers. That's the latest uh, woe oh, bomb no. that's hitting. Um, but here's a couple things that we should update on because this is going to lead into something. I'm going to tee something up for you, Tony. Uh, Jay Crowder moves to Milwaukee. Uh, so that's no longer an option. Uh, and the Clippers did something for Bones. So, like, they got the point guard situation figured out, and now they just traded for Eric Gordon. So, like, the guard yeah. stuff has been fortified there. We'll see what salary goes out. I bet it's probably Covington. I'm just thinking off the top of my head what would match. You've been worried about Boston finding their whatever pieces and that they were lingering amongst this as well. Are there teams left for Miami to deal with that you feel comfortable with? I feel like Brooklyn, Utah, and now Atlanta. Like that John Collins deal is just sitting there, and I feel like you can yeah. get it at a value now. Maybe that's deflated. But what are your thoughts on the teams left that haven't made deals that could potentially be trade partners with Miami that make sense from a you know one to one trade perspective? Yeah. So for context, you know, I had Boston in mind just because they have a perimeter, they have a uh, guard need, you know, their rotation. Now Pey Peyton Pritchard plays less minutes than Blake uh, Griffin in their rotation. So I've been worried about Boston getting in on the Eric Gordon sweepstakes with LA, a three team trade, something happening there. Now, obviously the Eric Gordon sweepstakes are gone. Now LA filled their need. Uh, their guard rotation is, is solidified. And I don't think there's any reason for them to talk to Miami about a Kyle Lowry trade. So even though this wasn't the fear I wanted, um, it, it was it's what we were all worried about. Um, and now my now Boston is still a team right now without uh, solidified guard rotation. That's a team you can deal with. I think when you're looking around the league at what teams would be willing to um, dance with Miami at the trade deadline, it's the guys that are contenders right now that need a certain spot filled out where they might be willing to exchange one type of skill set for a different type of skill set in return. I think Boston's one of those teams with Grant Williams that if you could finagle that guy who's starting to fall out of their rotation as well in the front court and offer them a backcourt player that would get minutes in their rotation, it sucks to make Boston better. It absolutely sucks. But that's the type of deals that I think are on the table for Miami at this point. Sean's shaking his head. I don't like it. What He's happened? He's got two updates. He's got two trade updates. Clippers are sending Luke Kennard to the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Clippers are acquiring Eric Gordon. We talked about that multi-team deal. So that probably is the third team in that, but it could be a separate trade, I guess. But those are the most recent things from Shams and Woj. Oh, I got another one. John Wall, three-teamer going to the Clippers. So there's there's kind of the, the pieces that are going together uh, yeah. 
in that three team two. Our John Wall, John Wall going same. where? John it's Wall is going back to Houston. Oh yeah, yeah. Good oh, wow. call. Good call. Hmm. Clippers are sending Kennard to the Grizzlies, and Gordon is going from Houston to LA. Yeah. So where they're rearranging deck chairs on Titanics. And I think like that the heat need to think about that. Like maybe a part of this is like, you need to look at one of these guys like Lowry and say like, can you just get two pieces that are more functional than what you have so that you're not on the skeleton crew stuff? Uh, John, I want to come back to you um, because Kennard uh, and the Clippers have been a team that, that they've looked to, to have conversations with i think it was mainly around kyle lowry so that looks to probably be out of the mix here toronto has done nothing yet other than bring in a center which further crowds their front court what is your um and I, I, you're not a toronto raptors analysis uh, uh guy analyst regularly but i feel like you have a good pulse on the league in general um and so what do you think Toronto, what, what the hell are they doing? Because I feel like that's a team we've all been waiting for. Shout out to Brian Fonseca who jumped on the stream mid, uh, mid sentence here. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on what Toronto has up their sleeve uh, in this next 45 minutes? Um, with the Yaka Postal trade, I think they still look into content, not content, just to, just to have that core and compete. Um, but I don't know what they want to do. Because they have to pay Fed by the Leet and OG and Anobi as well. So I think one of them has to go. I don't think they will pay every single one of them. And when I was doing my preseason previews, um, the guys that do cover the Raptors said that they probably have to go into a direction, whether they want to go to a Scotty one or the Pasco and Freddie Van Vliet one. And I think with the moves they've been doing now, and it looks like they're still going with the Pascal uh, route. So I don't think um, they'll be open to selling their team. Um, if they would have, they probably would have traded Van Vliet by now. There's been like obviously talk about OG, but I don't know if they're willing to just sell on him um, right now as well. So yeah. I think it's just tough because they're, they're also on a fence whether to go into the young way or the um, Pascal way. Raptors media like has been kind of saying, okay, so now someone has to go when they saw the trade happen yesterday, Brian. Um, and I know you've been all over, um, you know, the league with this jumping into different conversations. I see you all over NBA media, trying to jump into every stream you can get to. I like the hustle. Can't knock the hustle as it was once said by, you know, who Hova. Um, and where was I going with that? Um, I completely lost my train of thought. How are you feeling and what do you think about what's going on so far? See how we could pivot on a stream so much easier. <laughs> Duncan Robinson, Kayla Martin, and a first for John Collins. Send it in. That's where I'm at right do now. It. Do it. <laughs> I feel like his, his value has plummeted. Am I right? Lottery protected yeah. first. Fine. Do it. Just do where, it. Where's his? I think, I think you have, you cannot like, even if it's, even if it seems kind of reactionary, right? But this is something that Ethan has been saying and you guys have been saying and we've been saying on Five on the Floor all year. You cannot just sit on your ass and do nothing because the fans are going to tune you out. Because they're already fucking tired of watching this team on a lot of different nights. And they actually want some movement. Not because 
it's just boring or stale or whatever. But the team is also isn't good enough right now as presently constructed to compete with their peers who are actually making moves to get better. So they need to do something and they don't have a ton to work with. We talked about on the spaces earlier, a lack of second round picks. You still have, and which matters today because you have motherfuckers going for five second round picks, which is crazy, right? You still have Max Drews who can functionally serve as a second round pick or two of them. And you're not going to resign him anyway, most likely the way he's been playing. So you still have no problem trading him. Omer Yurtsevin, same thing. He's also going to be a free agent this year. Don't think you're going to sign him. You're probably going to try to sign Orlando Robinson to fill his void if we're being honest. So I think you have to do something. The OG thing is too expensive. The Raptors want too much, and I'm not even sure he's going to get moved at this point. So for me, John Collins is the guy I have circled. You also have the trade exception. You could attach something to that and try to get somebody else. Pat Bev, his key uh, fob will no, it will no longer be working um, at uh, – at the facility because he's going to the Orlando magic for eternals favorite player, Mo Bamba. Yikes. So Mo Bamba is a Los Angeles Laker y'all. Oh, so that's the Thomas God Bryant replacement. <laughs> that makes some sense. The Lakers are kicking ass this deadline. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I, this is just, it's interesting to watch this because I think that there are marginal improvements to be made. That's an um, L for me and Gab, by the, the way. This, this is something that I um, just because I'm talking too much and I don't get this much high usage ever when I'm on with Ethan. Let's be clear about that. Um, <laughs> did I mention to you guys that something that uh, Ethan and I, I both heard earlier today is that they had extensive conversations with the Sacramento Kings, the Miami Heat did, but it just did not go anywhere. Um, I don't know what to make of that. So I'm not trying to like put that in the atmosphere in a way where we should go digging about it. But it sounds like that was a team that they also talked to as well. I just want to make sure I sneak that in here as we try to get Intel into the show as well. Although at this point it's Woj and Shams and we're all watching. Let's be clear. Where do we go next? Um, the buyout market. <laughs> and buyouts. I hate the buyout market. Like ever so since the Troy Murphy thing, the buyout market has killed it for me because it's never a player that really, I mean, Joe Johnson is the only dude who came through yeah. and really um, changed the landscape. But I guess maybe if it's more robust, the one thing the heat has is they have exception money to spend that other teams don't have. So they will be able to pay buyout players a little bit more. But I mean, if that's what we're doing here, it hurts. Mm. It hurts. <laughs> Does, does it not hurt to anyone out there? Maybe we'll take a couple comments here. I have a question. When they got Victor Oladipo two years ago, that was like right at the buzzer, right? It was Correct. like yes. either right before or right after 3 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, at this point, that's what you're looking forward to because uh, <laughs> we're, we're coming up on three and there, there are going to be maybe a deal or two or three that get announced like 3.10, 3.15 or something like that. So this is not going to be over right at three, but – Oh boy, like, I, and some people were questioning what's the fascination with John Collins? What's the fascination with John Collins? Look, if you have Eric Spolstra, let him figure it out. Because John Collins, if nothing else, he was a 38 ish percent three point shooter between 2018 and 2022. Um, as far as the guys that are going to be available, it's also an asset management thing. He's not going to cost too much. OG Ananubi is going to cost too much. A lot of these other guys we're talking about, they're going to cost too much. John Collins is not 
And you get him out of that shitty Atlanta situation where he wants to probably punch his point guard in the face and you put him in Miami near his hometown. Yeah, he'll probably be better, even if the fit can be a little clunky at times offensively. But I think you get a rejuvenated John Collins that'll make a lot of sense. A um, little bit of info uh, for tomorrow. The Heat will not hold shoot-around. The Rockets will hold shoot-around. I always think that that kind of stuff is interesting, putting players in front of media uh, at a shoot-around. So that won't take place for the Heat tomorrow. Uh, yeah, this is we're coming down to the wire here, but there is always stuff that pops off. Tony, um, if this ends up being – I just feel like there has to get some kind of move done. So let's just say it's Kelly Olynyk. Uh-huh. It can't just be Kelly Olynyk. I mean, no, because the no. salaries. If don't it work. is, we're happy because Duncan's involved, we? right? There's no other way <laughs> to that. Is there any other path to that deal that any of you guys could enlighten me with? If it's not Duncan Robinson to get a twelve million dollar Kelly Olynyk. No, it's it's got to be Duncan. And if you're sending Duncan, you're attaching a first and probably trying to make money work some other way. So mm. are you? Yeah, I know. Look, I think the best thing for the Heat is there's still teams that are dealing right now. Toronto has to deal. Um, I, th- I feel like Memphis is still in a place where they should deal. They really mm-hmm. should, which gives you options to attach yourself to help facilitate something as a third team. We're not out of the building. Brian brought this up in spaces, brought it up here. Hey, look, when that three o'clock deadline comes up and teams have to face the fact that their team might be done and there's nothing else they can do, that's Miami's best chance to try and get something going. Second round picks is what it's costing to acquire guys. And that is, that's going to make Heat fans frustrated. Like for LA to get a future, uh, like to get Mo Bamba, just to take a shot on dude, future second rounder and cash and cash considerations. Like you could have had Dwayne Dedman in that spot. Josh Richardson is being traded to the New Orleans Pelicans per Shams. That is dropping right now. Really? So we'll see what happens there. We know San Antonio does not need um, to match think? salaries, but they're the ones sending out the player here. So uh, we'll see what they bring back from New Orleans there. Uh, those, that sounds like a deal that could be expanded into more than just two teams. Um, also, uh, Real GM has reported, and I'm shouting out Real GM because of the message board heads out there. The forum was <laughs> up to the Heat forum that the Lakers remain in discussions uh, with the Pistons on Boyan Bogdanovich. So that's another thing to watch. If they, I mean, how the hell are they going to do that? But we'll see. Greg, a few minutes ago, did you say that Troy Murphy was a buyout candidate for us, or did I misunderstand you? Old head, yeah, tra- I meant tra- like Troy Murphy, yeah, like. Like that the left-handed like, guy from Notre Dame? Yeah, like I have PTSD went from when he was a buyout candidate back in the big three era, and we thought he would make a difference. And when he went to the Celtics instead, and it was total garbage. He sucked. Mike Bibby sucked. <laughs> he was also a buyout candidate. And ever since then, I have PTSD about the buyout market. That's what I was trying to articulate and probably was not I got being you. so eloquent. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. No, no, no. I just, I was like, I didn't know if we were going with him being the perfect big next to Bam. I mean, he's a stretch four. He can probably play back up five for this team. I mean, could we get Caleb back to his normal position? No, I remember that, and I agree with you. I mean, we went to those buyout candidates, and we always thought they were the solution, and then they never worked out. Um, there's an update on uh, the Pelicans trade. Devontae Graham and four second-round picks to San Antonio. Wow. And Josh Richardson. Yo, what? what is wow. the cost to move money. So if you want to move money, it's yep. it's like four seconds or the equivalent of what I would probably say is a lottery protected first, right? There's some, or yep. maybe even less protected, top 10 protected. Four seconds. I what, mean, does that mean does that mean that the Heat are probably being hesitant? We know they're being hesitant, but they're probably being hesitant in particular moving like a Struess or and or a Yurtsevin as a facsimile for multiple second round picks. Yes, I think that um, they're hesitating because it goes against what they do. They keep guys that contribute, and both of those guys have been in the rotation. Gabe is probably going to start. For the foreseeable future the pistons are sending kevin knox to the warriors as part of a multi-team deal that brings james uh them wisemith it will be included so you're seeing how this happens where like guys are getting inserted teams are getting inserted i think that's just something to watch is maybe you can sneak into a deal um that's not what he fans want to hear because we want the splash <laughs> the woge bomb you're 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 hit. you're gonna you're at the risk of basically dropping yourselves into the middle of the road which will be the anxiousness of the fan base of y'all will be heightened because especially if the knicks pull off that zach levine trade that was apparently rumored like you can't just stay you can't just waste the season bam is having that's so the season bad. jimmy's having and not do enough and just trust like yo you have to you have to get help and you're just not doing it right now or they're gonna, trying to. I'm sure they're trying to. Let's not. I'm going to talk less because I know I've been talking a lot, but I have to sneak this in. Do y'all remember the two years between um, the fallout of the 06 team and 
the big three era and we wanted the heat to go get guys and they tried to go get guys mo williams they tried to go get charlie bell if i remember correctly or maybe that was before then uh lamar odom and none of that came to fruition and then they were set up right for the big three era i don't think that and we all talked about Dwayne was at the height of his powers he was so good where could he have taken them i really think that they should think differently about this right now don't think about lining up things for anybody who could become available later let's get jimmy and bam help now I'm going to speak a little less and let others get some high usage. Um, Whoever wants to take the floor, please do. I don't know if we have any updates uh, at this moment, but um, I'm interested in this Chicago stuff. Like me too. We have a update on a a previous trade. So the James Wiseman deal, Uh, the Pistons, this is per Adrian Rosnarowski. The Pistons are sending Kevin Knox, to the Warriors as part of a multi-team deal that brings them James Wiseman. Knox may be moved to a new team. I guess the agent probably told Woj that <laughs> Knox may be rerouted. Um, yeah, who cares? Anyway, like that's this is we have we have 30 minutes till to trade that line. Uh, and then we could start talking about John Wall fitting, right? Hey, didn't didn't Kevin Knox lead the Hawks in scoring in one of the games in the first round last year? There we go. Sunset. I think he was a leading scorer in one of the games. Yeah. He might be a good candidate for us. What do you guys think? We brought this up in spaces earlier and Greg, you weren't with us, but you know, in the, in the conversation of attaching picks assets to Duncan and or Kyle, and this was something you guys talked about on the pod last night. Do you think it's better to do it with Lowry to get off of Lowry? Is it better to do that asset with Duncan to get off of Duncan? Or do you wait on Lowry when he becomes an expiring? Like, how do you feel about, Obviously, there's urgency in the next 30 minutes, but like, what's the best path for the Heat, not knowing who they potentially could get? No, I know this is tough. I got to talk fast because the clock's running out. Um, I feel like Barry Jackson's tweets. Duncan's going to be two or three picks probably to move off of. I won't. There's no way Kyle costs as much to move off of as Duncan. I don't. I refuse to believe that. Um, I agree. So. So I would think that you try to dangle one pick with Kyle and see what kind of upgrade you can make and try to make it either one good high impact player that maybe you have to revitalize a bit or is in a bad situation somewhere. Uh, But it's like, you know, not a, not a name that's going to make people go crazy, but he could be a reclamation project type player or get two guys, two power rotation players with Lowry salary and use that pick. I just feel like you're doing a disservice to this team. They're not 10th in the East. They're two and a half games out of the what five spot. So, I mean, I feel like you got to do something. Apparently, according to Chris Haynes, uh, Thomas Bryant requested a trade. Which is um, hilarious. That's why I'm laughing. I'm like, <laughs> was so it? He, he's only been there like a month, right? He, yeah. he's already been traded. I forgot who he got traded to because this was like Washington 10 trades from ago. Washington, right? To there? No, 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 no. He, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he wears his seatbelt. Well, I mean, this is, what, this, is, this is to be fair. This is who we need to hear from. Look at that. Legal. You, Legal. Ethan, could you give us an update on Barry Jackson? Insurance by uh, Lynette, was, plug it. I was gonna go. I was gonna go try to find Barry. I was gonna put out a wellness check, make sure he's okay. Um, I mean, he's in full meltdown mode. I understand it, you know, to a degree. I mean, I know Barry knows the specifics more than most Heat fans do. But why they're not able to do a whole lot right now? But it's still frustrating. I mean, you can't. 
you know, what we're kind of doing is, and again, there's 30 minutes left, so let's see, but what we're kind of doing is we're, we're criticizing what's happening now instead of looking back at what they did to put themselves in this position, right? Mm, so right. To, me, to me, the problem is like the origin story here. You know, the problem is thinking that you can always flip a contract. <laughs> that's, that, that's the issue. And it's just, it's just more and more difficult now because even if you're looking at contracts that are expiring, not that that's what the Heat are dealing with, but even a year out with like Lowry, cap space is meaningless now. And also the landscape has changed on them where now it requires like five second round picks to get a power forward who was declining uh, in Jay Crowder, who hasn't played for two thirds of the season. I mean, <laughs> you know, if, if that, if that's what the price is to play at this table, they don't have enough chips. And, and the problem is that they took their chips away. I think we're going to look back at the Kyle Lowry decision, which we can't really, a lot of us can't criticize because no. I favored it at the time, but we're going to look back at it as one of their 10 worst decisions mm. of the Riley era. I, I just, you know, I, and I think the lessons to be shown here are, A, if you didn't give the keys of the franchise to LeBron James, don't necessarily give it to Jimmy Butler, <laughs> you know, because th- this, I, and I'm, you know, I'm the biggest Jimmy fan there is, but I mean, if you're looking at this, you're like, okay, everybody's saying they're not giving Jimmy enough help. They got his guy and they haven't made it work. And, and now the situation is, is kind of untenable where if he's here past the deadline, they have some serious fence mending to do inside the organization just to get productivity out of him the rest of the year. When really the best thing to do is to change his role more. And so it's, it's a tough situation. I mean, I, you know, you look at it, you look at that free agency, there wasn't a whole lot else out there. Uh, heat fans wanted Lowry the year before. Imagine if, if they'd done what Heat fans wanted and traded Tyler hero to get him the year before. I mean, at least they avoided that, but, yeah, uh, that 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 is is really hamstringing them. Then now, in the fact that they have to attach picks to Duncan, uh, which was a decision that was kind of debated a lot inside the Heat front office. I know that was not necessarily Pat's preference uh, to to pay Duncan that much. You think? You think? <laughs> and and now you know now this is where we're at. So it, it's just challenging. I mean, you don't have you don't have the price to play at this. You don't have the, the chips to play at this table right now. And and that and that's kind of where they're at. And you look at the rest of the East. Everybody but Brooklyn's getting better. And so if the goal is to get a four seed, you're putting a lot of pressure on your coach to make that happen here if you don't get anything done in the next 25 minutes. And your two players who are playing like stars this year. And I wanted to ask, Ethan, like, do you think some of this is also a byproduct of, hey, they've actually gotten out of some of these holes before, and maybe this is one too many times where they put themselves in this position, and now they can't dig out of it because the landscape has changed so much? Well, I I think that there is – it's a good point. I think that sometimes they put too much in stock in the two geniuses they have Mm. running various parts of the operation. They think Andy can dig them out of any financial situation possible. And they think spoke and coach them out of any roster situation. Yeah. And at a certain point, like you can't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, Particularly when you have the hamstring of the luxury tax sitting over you, like, they're literally at this table with, you know, a bunch of penny chips. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they, 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 they cannot afford to play at this table. I know that they like playing blackjack in Vegas. They can't play at this table anymore. Like they're either going to have to like just blow the doors off and pay the luxury tax, or they're going to have to be even more creative with some of the things that they do. So they don't put themselves into this position where it's like, okay, Andy, dig us out of it. And then Spo, and then when that can happen, because it's just not possible, Spo dig us out of it. Right. Or Jimmy dig us out of it, or Bam dig us or out, Bam, of it. Yeah. and 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 it's it's like, 
no, <laughs> that doesn't work. And I, I do think that the, the whole thing with the undrafted, which is a great thing for this organization, and Spolstra, Adam Simon, Chet, they deserve tremendous credit for this, Eric Glass. But I also think that has made them some sort of cocky. It, it's kind of like we can take any of these guys and raise their ceilings. There's, there's a ceiling that all of them are going to hit. And they'll hit that ceiling with Miami. And that's the other problem. Other teams know that. So, so, so they don't want these pieces in trades. I've talked to a couple of scouts, well, not scout agents, okay, and, and one executive in the Western Conference who basically said, we don't want Miami's players because they're better there. <laughs> there there's, a reason, there's a reason that every agent who has an undrafted player is calling the heat to try to get those spots because they know they're going to maximize their guy. Again, great credit to Eric Spolstra, Adam Simon, Chet Kammerer, the coaching staff and all that. But that hurts you at this time of year. And the other thing that hurts you is this declaration that you will never tank because everybody knows that their first round picks are not going to be worth anything either because they're never going to bottom out completely. So protections, no protections, it doesn't matter. You're looking at a pick in the 20s almost always. So all of these things conspiring to work against them. But I think the biggest problem they had is the Lowry contract was supposed to get them two good years and then be tradable in the third year. And it got them a pretty decent regular season, a busted playoffs, and this year has been pretty much a disaster. So there's no it's it's a top ten worst decision in franchise history. And I, I can't kill them for it because I was in favor of it. So I'll take yeah. the hit for that too. It it made sense at the time. Nobody was saying it was not the right move. It was universally applauded, but I think where Heat fans are gonna get um particularly frustrated even if they're at the poker table and they don't have all the chips to be able to play is that you could have taken that second round pick and Dwayne Dedman and tried to retrieve a player in return that could try to help. And I just think that like when we talk about creativity, Heat fans are known for watching this organization in this space respond creatively and do things that you thought oh wow look how they made that money work and they use this exception this way or however it may be and just to see that not happen it starts to feel as if there's a bit of um a resignation that this team is what it is and this is what we're doing and going through the rest of the year and i think that's where he fans are like damn can't there just be even if it's a short-term improvement mm-hmm. of some kind something to do so dumping Dwayne deadman giving up an asset Ethan, you mentioned looking back, we're mm. going to have to have really uh, uh, some dialogue about that Dwayne Dedman deal and by signing players, you know, that you just think or you're going to be able to trade. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think, you know, looking forward, if we get, you know, 22 minutes from now and they don't do anything, how do they sell this the rest of the year? You know, how, how, how do they sell it? What is, what is the upside of this team? I mean, I mean, the only thing that's happened that's positive is Brooklyn's dropped out. Okay, so could you potentially get a four seed, and then what? Are you are you winning a four five series? I mean, the level that Jimmy and Bam need to play at with this team, especially if you have Lowry, is essentially a dead roster spot. We'll see, but I mean, they have enough dead roster spots at this point, and a buyout guy. What is the last buyout guy that contributed anything here? Joe Johnson. Greg was just I mean, saying this. He's I have Troy Murphy PTSD, Ethan. But yeah, I, 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 Joe I mean, Johnson's the guy. Joe, and he was a, he was abominable in the playoffs. I mean, he gave them like he gave them he gave them like a month that was okay. I mean, you're not gonna get much out of a buyout guy. You're just not. I mean, 
The best midseason acquisition they've made in the past 15 years was Chris Anderson, who was only available because he had a serious charge pending against him that ended up getting dropped, and they investigated him for three months. I mean, that's, I mean, he, he they went 37 and three once they picked up Birdman. But they also had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch. Uh, we got so, a trade. We have a trade. Is, Hornets. Not a Miami one. Hornets trading for. Hornets are trading for Mason Plumley. I'm sorry. Hornets are trading Mason Plumley to the Clippers. No word of who that is or if it's an extension of those other trades. I mean, how many big men do the Clippers need? Yo, right? Well, Reg- Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. In that deal. So, like, they're. That, they still have that Gillette Reggie Jackson, Terry Rozier, and Lamelo Ball. Well, could Ooh. that be could that be a buyout situation with Reggie Jackson? It's gonna be a bunch of them. Yeah. Okay, I they're mean, opening I mean, up that's, a point guard spot for us, guys. I'm not have too many forwards, guys. I'm just telling you, I'm not doing a week's worth of buyout streams. I, I'm not. <laughs> this, I, I'm not. I, I know that is where this is headed, but I, I mean, we'll, we'll go over the list. But <laughs> but if that's where we're at, I mean, I, you know, you have that one slot to use potentially. You had the trade exception you know, that lasts a year, but. I'm not. I'm not doing a week's worth of these. I mean, I. I, I feel, uh, again, like Heat fans are seeing players we've talked about go all over the place, right? I mean, half of them went to the Nets or the Lakers. Uh, so I, I understand where the frustration is going to come from, and and it has gotten the point. I, I'm not going to carry water for the organization. All this, like, at a certain point, like I, I understand the circumstances, but it's what I said on the podcast about a month ago. But still. I, I understand the circumstances, but still, like something had to happen to change the trajectory of this season. And just counting on Bam now to become a 30, 15, and 10 player the rest of the season to carry them is is not enough. It, that can't be the only story off this season. It's just like the Dwayne Wade last dance. Like I do not remember anything else except Dwayne Wade's last dance from that year. And, and I feel kind of like that's where we're headed. All right, I'm going to let you guys carry uh, for sure. And you're doing a great job. I just do want to mention – Subscribe to our, our uh, Off the Floor feed. I don't know if Greg's gotten to that, but go to winnow.app uh, backslash Off the Floor. I guess we'll do the buyout stuff there. <laughs> I don't want to do a bunch of streams on it. I don't know. Subscribe to Prize Picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your Super Bowl props in. All right, if, if something happens in the next 20 minutes, I'll tell my daughter that to play on her phone and I'll jump on. But other than that... We'll pivot to draft stuff. I got draft nuggets. Oh uh, no, day. we're not doing that either. I'm sorry. Even I would not do pivot to draft stuff. Would I you know, I, I can Greg, I can only hope traffic so much at this point. Right? Like there's Me too. Me too. I, uh, listen, I, we're gonna have tough conversations on five on the floor tonight if this mm. is, doesn't take place in eighteen minutes of some kind. They better turn Kyle Lowry into an eighteen and ten player the rest of the way. That's sounds daunting. It does. Have a good day. I didn't know where we were going to get the uh, the live from the car riders line. I said that earlier, Brian, and uh, we actually got it. That's so it's funny. They, they accused <laughs> me of, 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 <laughs> uh, that I was going to be live from the car rider line, but, and it ends up being Ethan. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in Davie. There isn't a single person in Davie who's paying attention to the trade deadline. I'm in the one place in South Florida nobody's paying attention to the trade deadline. So by they're all by, prepared for January. Are they not? They're not. Is, we're, they're not even going to limp out of here with John Collins or Marcus Morris or Kelly Olynyk. I, I mean, John Collins wouldn't be limping out, but I mean the Olynyk the Olynyk thing. I know they've engaged with Utah on it, but as Greg mm-hmm. has said, like that's got to be part of something bigger, right? Like that's not. I mean, it's not doing it, much. It's, no, well, it's, not, it's, it's solving a, a couple issues, but like it's not. Yeah, yeah, you don't have the salary to just trade for twelve million dollars of Kelly Olynyk. You would need Duncan Robinson, and you'd need to add like Rudy Gay, for instance. I'm making that up just to like bridge the gap yeah. on the salaries. Which actually would um, make sense. 
and then you'd have to obviously send them a pick. But then you're like, damn, am I sending a pick for Kelly Olenek? Is this where we've arrived? Like, that feels I, I, no I mean, good. To, to, to be honest with you, we're at this point, and the bar is extremely low, and we might actually throw a parade for this. Um, not down Biscayne, though. We'll throw it down some side street of Miami. But if, if they – I mean, if they got Kelly, like, people in the locker room would be happy at least. Like, it might energize the people that they have. And he does solve a couple of needs. He's the best. He would be the best three point shooter on the team as soon as he arrives. No, I'm saying because it's Caleb Martin right three. now, and that's on a team with two three point specialists. That I, you no, developed. he would be the best three point shooter on the team right now, right at this minute. That's scary. Uh, and, and his five rebounds a game would help as well. I mean, look, at least he can positionally defend. He knows the system. The players like him. I, I'm. I, it would eleven five and three is going to hit different. I'm telling I, you. It, it would. You know, the funny thing is everybody wanted Kelly gone when he went. Everybody wanted Kelly gone. Jay, they were upset about, but everybody wanted. Five second round picks for Jay Crowder. I'm done. Have, have, a, good, have a good day, everybody. <laughs> um, not to no, that's a, a dramatic that's a guest entrance. Spot. That's um, a, that's a dramatic <laughs> exit. But that was Ethan Skolnick from the, col- from the uh, car rider line. Oh. We're going to have a bunch of rotating cats coming through here. Uh, a few Miami Heat beat names you may see sneak in, possibly uh, in addition to John. Thank you, who's uh, been on here. And we got to give you more usage. That's why my talkative ass is about to sign off. But I'm going to be jumping back on. Give me about 30 minutes, and I'll come right back. Um, so, Sean, Brian, take it away, run point. And I think uh, Giancarlo Navas is coming soon. Um, so uh, I'm dropping. there. There's a saucy nugget for the stream. Peace out. Yeah, let's keep it moving with the uh, – I know in the chat some people are not happy about the uh, Kelly Olenek discussion, but I'm curious about John. You do great breakdowns. If you're not following John, check out his stuff. He does video work. He breaks down things with the analytics. What do you think about a potential – not like – we don't need to talk about the dynamics of a trade, but like, how would that fit with what we do? I mean, he um, he fits right next to Bam as well, um, as a as a four next to Bam. And I don't think that will be a a full time position. That's why I'd prefer if you can get Kelly in an actual full time position for. Um, but then Kelly also helps off the bench. He'll be immediately one of the better backup bigs as well, and he just. He provides so much on offense. He's a great DHO guy. Um, he's one of the best. I think he's one of the best playmaker bigs. Um, if, then that's a big if, because people do fall off the cliff when it comes to shooting in, in Miami. If he carries on shooting like he does now, that's a big help. Uh, he's also a shooter that people respect. So I think Kelly alone that does make a difference with just how this team would play. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I don't think he's the splash that everybody wants, but I think that he he fits a need. It may not make our ceiling expand beyond the first or second round, but I think it helps. And I think to Ethan's point, if it brings some joy to the locker room, although it won't bring joy to our timeline, maybe that's a good thing. Um, we want to welcome G. We, uh, we didn't wait till the six-minute mark before the trade deadline. We got rid of Greg and Ethan. We subbed in our closer right here with 13 minutes left. So we're, we're doing better than Spo. That's it's about a minute left in the third quarter, I guess, if you're doing NBA math. But, gee, we've been talking all day. We've Some of us have been on streams for about two and a half hours. We have nothing left. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. I, we're hoping for something. What are your thoughts at this point as we approach 12 minutes before the deadline? So <clears throat> I think understanding the fan angst is important. I think – 
I think they are justifiably upset that they feel like, you know, they are, they the, being the, the front office is punting on a year of Bam and Jimmy after we know the upside of the duo, right? And you look and you're like, well, you know, are, are they being stingy with picks? You know, should they have like done, you know, in hindsight, should they have kind of moved off of guys a little early? Kind of like the Patriots do, right? Patriots always get off a guy early before whatever. I think it's all like super fair criticism. I think I think some of their cap management's a little bit unfairly criticized because they've I think they've done a pretty good job of that, but that's not here nor there. But you know they have guys that you know have negative to neutral value, and I think that spending first round picks to get marginally better isn't really worth it with a team that really their problem is not just one guy. You know they need a power forward. Their starting point guard fell off a cliff their shooting has fallen off a cliff and there's not one guy. Well, there is one guy it was Kevin Durant that fixes all that. But in reality, they don't have, you know, it's like that. Uh, it's like my favorite meme. It's that guy, you know, you don't have the facilities for that big man. They don't, they don't have the trade ammunition. And really they, even the guys that like, they can't part with Caleb Martin because you can't like leave Caleb to fill a hole because you just create another one. And I think they're just in that situation where, they're at best a second round out with the right first round matchup. But in actuality, like, it, it, you know, are we really like spending draft equity to lose to the Celtics in six rather than four? And it's like, if that has to be where your priorities are, and I get the fans being mad, but I also understand the organization being like, I'm not trading three first round picks for a fourth starter. You're crazy. And I, th- I think that's just where I am. And like, I think fans can be mad or whatever, you know. I mean, I think for sure they're paying for mismanagement after 30 and 11. I think they've kicked the can on that kind of being a pain in their ass up until I think today. I think that not having the third pick is really what took them out of the game for most guys. And that third pick, if we remember, was moved to get off of Mo Harkless's contract when they split Hassan's deal into Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless. And because they yep. needed to fit under the hard cap. And part of the reason why they were in that mess was for all those deals, including and mostly Tyler Johnson, who had the, the back-ended, super ugly third and fourth year, I believe, that they didn't want to give Dwayne a, a bloated second year. They gave Tyler three or four, whatever it was. And they had to swap him for Ryan Anderson, wave and stretch, which was a $5 million cap hit, plus moving Harkless's 10 or 11, got them under 15, which allowed them. So they're paying for that now because of that pick. And... I don't know, man. You got Jimmy. It's been good. Not to, not to give the organization a pass, but that's what happens. You know, they kick the can on it, and, and today, this season, is when it finally bit them in the ass, Sean. We got another trade. Sorry to uh, react. Portland is trading Gary Payton the second to the Warriors for five second-round picks. Back to what the Warriors for Gary Payton. five second-round picks today? This is the third fucking time that somebody's went for five second-round picks. I tweeted that second-round picks are like crypto. They've, they've just yes. had a boom and they're only valuable because other people think they're valuable and in reality like so much like they're just not it's so weird golden state I moving mean, off of gary payton to avoid the luxury to get him back for five second round picks is hilarious <laughs> uh, i mean it makes Bay sense Area I mean, aristotle the there warriors are, are routing so the warriors got kevin knox in that Wiseman deal. They're rerouting him right. to Portland to make it a multi-team deal. Cool. Got you. 
Very I, interesting. There are, there are a lot of teams, including the one we've been discussing predominantly. There are a lot of teams that I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Except for Phoenix. It's what was that? What doing, was that right? Denver trade? And and I didn't really get I guess Thomas Bryant requested a trade, but Jesus Christ. Where did Thomas Bryant end up? I asked I think, that before. I think he's in Denver behind Jokic. So he was complaining about his minutes behind AD <laughs> and the Lakers sent him. <laughs> I don't know who's the most mad right now. If it's Warrior fans, Raptor fans, or Heat fans, because Raptor fans are pissed. They're just mad. Yeah. Because they haven't, they, they, didn't pick a, they didn't pick a direct. Bulls fans aren't thrilled either. What happened? <laughs> what happened Bra- Brady just put out a great tweet. No surprise that Brady Hawk's going to win Twitter today. He said another clutch game right. for the Heat. It's coming down to the wire again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, at this point, let's just go around the panel real let's quick. And I, I know remember, G's got to bounce. This is, this is important to remind people watching this. There are times where trades don't get announced until like 3.15, maybe even 3.30. Yeah. So Correct. at 3 p.m., it doesn't mean it's over. The league has to know, but the reports may not come out until yeah. shortly thereafter. So it's not all over by 3 o'clock. Pat just has to get on his flip phone, leave Adam Silver <laughs> a voicemail, and as long as it's time-stamped by 2.59, everything's good. That's how it works. I think the um, tell <laughs> is Barry Jackson. Sorry to cut you off, Sean. It's Barry and Anthony. Oh, we've when, been on Barry watch all day today. Barry has been Barry's listen, Barry's putting up a career year. Let me tell you something. I don't think anybody adjacent to the Heat has had a better season than Barry Jackson. That includes Bam. That man is just he's on another level that I didn't I didn't think was possible. But I think he kind of tells the story. He's prepping the fan base through the organization because we know that's you know kind of Barry is, is really good with that. And Barry's one of the best information guys in this market. When Barry is trying to get fans into the idea of like, well, maybe Kyle moves next offseason, you know, buyout market guys, they're not in it for anything. When I, I, I heard from somebody that the Warriors are pretty aggressive on Ananobi and picks Kaminga and Moses Moody, just beat anything yeah. you have. That you're done. Like you're out. You're out of everything. So like, I do not expect that he. We're, it's over. You want to just start reading Barry's tweets since we're here? Uh, I mean, yeah. Barry, man. Play, play get Alejandro to put on. Background. Yeah, Alejandro, get us some soft jazz music. We'll read uh, Barry's tweets. We'll plug our sponsors. J-Max um, tweeted out, remember a couple hours when we were shocked for, for, for five first rounders for Crowder? We're already accepting it now. <laughs> <laughs> this is wild. Here it is. There we go. <laughs> Appreciate that. Trying to keep uh, looking at things. Wow. Here. No, this is good. Here we go. This is two hours ago from Barry Jackson. Heat called Phoenix on Crowder months ago, and it quickly became clear the Suns didn't want assets that Miami had in mind. And Miami didn't want to send away anything Phoenix wanted. Heat had hoped they could get him in a buyout. Alas, never happened. The Bucks get him. <laughs> Greg is going to be so pissed when he comes back. <laughs> Not about the trade deadline. The, the five you let, you let, everybody coping? 
You let this. You let the starting point guard go to the bench. You got uh, Jamari Bouye out there running point with Jimmy and Bam. <laughs> Get ready, baby. Who's ready for Gabe Vincent to make fifty decisions a night? I am. Turn it up. Is this a good time to plug the off the floor subscription? You can get a week free. We can update you on the buyout market that'll be taking place over the next seven to 10 days. One week is free. It's 305 a month after that. Did you read, did you read Barry's John Wall tweet? Oh, I can do it instantly. Where's the <laughs> 33 minutes ago. I got you. Give me two seconds. Everybody's commenting pain. <laughs> He fans are are pretty. We're, we're pretty. You know, when we want to be, we can be funny. It's pretty disastrous, wouldn't you say? And what a disaster strikes! <laughs> we're great <laughs> to do that ad. <laughs> yeah, we're losing our feel, guts. How do you feel about because um, the Nuggets, the Clippers, still gonna have a point guard? They only have one. They have three point guards right now, don't they? They traded R- Reggie. Yeah, they traded Reggie. Don't I think they don't have Wall either, and so now yeah. they have Bones. So he's Bones starting now well, for them. They're probably the Russ, the number one Russ candidate, right? Barry Jackson, uh, thirty-three minutes ago, said Rockets plan to waive John Wall per Yahoo. So Wall, Westbrook, perhaps Danny Green, among those who would be buyout options. And then in a subsequent tweet, he said, "Perhaps Patrick Beverly, who's magic bound." <laughs> Miami convincing themselves in the, the uh, Danny Green buyout option for like the fifth year in a row is always hilarious too. Best transition <laughs> defender of all time. I've been saying it for years. Who? Who? Who is this? Danny Green. Danny, Danny Green. Danny Green. Man, this is crazy. Can oh I say boy, something? three three minutes. You had the floor, G. Go for it. I have a I have a legitimate question, and I don't want this to sound adversarial to to the fan base. I don't because I don't want to be that. Because listen, we've all we've all been there. I don't understand why people are mad at the Kyle and Duncan deals when they haven't prevented them from doing anything because they've been capped out, and those are deals that they signed over the cap. We can admit that they're mistakes, but like they're like preemptively mad that they've moved assets to move get off of them when that hasn't happened yet and those guys haven't prevented them from doing anything it's not like if duncan wasn't here like for example if you like waved your hand and like made duncan disappear that wouldn't change anything because they're over the cap regardless and they can't it's not like you know unless you're like you know you want to be mad about mickey not paying the tax whatever that's fine but like in reality like those guys haven't prevented them from doing other stuff even when they got Kyle, he was an over-the-cap sign-and-trade guy, and they were well, like, away from the hard cap. So I just don't under – I just don't really understand. Like, chat's mad at me. They're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah. They're like, kick this guy off. I just don't understand. They're like, why Why does it bother fans that they make a lot of money? I understand if, like, you signed, like, Hassan, it put them in, like, a really bad cap position where they couldn't do other things. So I understand that, but like this deal, like I don't really, I don't really get it. I mean, I'll counter that because um, they didn't have to give them that much money and that much years. Because um, I think now you need attached assets to actually get them off. But if, if Duncan was didn't have the player option, um, if he was making nine mil or less, 
So he's making four, even do their years, but he's making 460, not 490. I think that would be much easier than attaching two picks just to get him off. Same with Clive. If he was making um, 15 mil over for 30, it would be much easier to trade him instead of this contract not right now. So he may have not prevented actual moves. It prevents them from making moves now on the trade because they have to attach more assets to actually get them off. Well, they, I've never they, seen a chat turn faster on somebody. Than oh, they G fucking! Right but now. everybody hates me, bro. These people don't think that I haven't been hated longer than they've been on Twitter, buddy. I've been doing this for <laughs> ten long years of being the butt of every heat Twitter joke. Of oh, the entire fan base hating me. You guys can't hurt me. I've listened. I've been in the fire longer than you, some of these nineteen-year-olds. You were nine years old when I was on these streets being hated. <laughs> Listen. Three o'clock. Yeah, I know you said you got to go. Oh, here we go, Greg. I'm Greg. sorry, man. We have. <laughs> Chat said we trade are. Me. We... They're trying we to trade G clips, for like three seconds. It's. <laughs> it, it's that weird wow. moment where stuff is probably getting like submitted to the league, so there could be a couple things that trickle in. But damn, we 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 were just reading Barry Jackson tweets while you were off live right? with uh, background music. Those with are great music. I'm surprised that you guys didn't secure a Tempur-Pedic sponsor because Riley's just been asleep time. <laughs> on a wonderful Tempur-Pedic magic. Use promo code 5R for 40% off your next order. That's actually a lot. 40% off. Those, that, those are expensive mattresses, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, so this is not looking good. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I, I got to bounce you all. I love you. Five reasons. Your family. Leif, good to see you, my man. Yep, yep. And uh, thank you, G. You know, uh, let's go Westbrook. See you, G. That can't be a thing. Westbrook or Beverly? Yeah. What are we thinking? We don't Ooh. need either of them. <laughs> what are we doing? It's just going to make this worse to watch. Yeah. I, the, the Westbrook thing doesn't make a lot of sense to me at all. I don't, and, and particularly, like, if you think if you think now is a struggle to watch, watch him and Victor Oladipo share a backup backcourt together. Oh, jeez. Go have fun. Hell no. Well, the, the ball will be deflated before halftime. Hell, yeah, exactly. But, I am at a loss for words th- at what they did with that Dwayne Dedman situation. The fact that <laughs> they go over the cap to retain him, and yeah. he is awful, and now – they have to use an asset to get off of him and then do nothing. So, like, they further deplete the power rotation and do nothing? In a year it's- where you see what second-round picks are being used for, and they had to give one up to get off of Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, you tie that Omer with the Casey Yurtsevin, too. coming back, so, you know. Listen, they can do that. They can do Orlando Robinson. They can, you know, talk about whatever Depot will do in the second half if he is feeling better. This is unless something pops, and I we've seen stuff ten minutes after the dead, the deadline say this was submitted, you know, in time, and then you hear about it. But damn, like I, I I'm surprised that this is just essentially what they did was make a financial move. If this is where we end and there's no <laughs> deals. They essentially just skirted f- like farther away from the tax. So it just that saves money in itself. Yeah, they can get in on the buyout market, but what are we talking about here? Um, and 
essentially they are going to wait for this summer. If this whole thing doesn't flip upside down this summer, that's, um, and I hate to kick the can down the road to the summer, but that's the only logical explanation I can come up with is that they think Lowry's expiring will be more, uh, you know, palatable next year. I don't know what that, what, what the hell else which, is there which, to say? Look, which it would be, which it would be because it's going to be expiring, thus easier to move. But still, again, Jimmy and Bam are playing at this level right now, Bam in particular. And you see all the things. They don't have a lot to plug every single hole, but like even Duncan Robinson's still on the team. They still have their first. Like all these things are going to be useful down the road. But to just skirt away from the tax, as Greg put it, and get rid of Dwayne Dedman by attaching a second round pick. Just, yeah. Hey, look, now again, John, I caution. You could see that a deal could pop up out of nowhere. I caution. We're refreshing. Everybody. But we are refreshing. What were you going to hey, say? John has to bounce out of here. So let's let's throw one more question to John before he takes off. Mm-hmm. We appreciate him coming on. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. He does good work with Miami Heat Beat. Obviously, thank you to G for coming on. We just bounced out before that. They're doing their own stream. So if you feel like maybe we're the unlucky part, we're the reason why the Heat haven't made any trades, shoot, <laughs> bounce over to their stream. We'll celebrate if they do something, even if you bounce over there. But, John, well, here's the question. I'm going to make it very simple. Where do we go from here? <laughs> I'm going to mute myself because this is all you, buddy. Oh, they would just have to ride on uh, Bam and Jimmy's greatness. Um, I said it before the season. I don't think if Caleb was the starting for, I don't think they would do anything in the postseason. Um, the only way I can see them do anything is just blind faith in Jimmy. That's literally it. For what he's shown last, um, last year in the bubble, he's earned the the benefit of it that way. If you have Jimmy, it doesn't matter if your team shoot twenty two percent. You will, he could will you to the win, and now with a improved Bam. So I can't say there will be a, any favorites in any in pretty much any series like against the top teams, but I'll still have faith that they could push them into seven and win a series with Butler just going off and Bam going off. But any championship. Aspiration, I think it's out the window for this season. We did it, boys. The summer of 2023 to acquire a hundred thousand dollars for Dwayne Dedman. We made it. Listen, we're here. And, uh, a minute ago, Barry Jackson tweeted the Heat will not, they did not make a move at the deadline. They have flexibility with two open roster spots and exception money to be active on the buyout market, which is their intention. Go, go, it's and Russell just, Westbrook. Let's get it. Is Miles Bridges out of jail? What's going on over there? Good question. Asset malpractice, mm. and just it's it's inexcusable. Y'all continue. Oh, well, Pat went to sleep as well, so I'll be doing that shortly. So um, have a good night. You got thanks. John. Look, I I disagree with G, man. I really do. I think that there is a level of accountability that has to, you know, that you have to level here. Um, you don't have to pay these guys this money. You didn't have to maintain these contracts. You could have made different decisions. I understand the situations around the context. Like, what else were you going to do in those moments? You had an offseason with Kevin Durant holding up the whole league. I get it. I get it. I get it. But like Ethan said, this you're in this situation now because of the choices that you made. These are the, the uh, consequences of your own actions now. So 
you have to sit here and face it. And it's great that Kyle Lowry's going to be expiring next year, Brian, and that that should ideally make him more interesting to teams. But if he doesn't play basketball, I kind of feel like we're in a similar situation where we're attaching assets to get off of a contract. And I, I just don't see how it gets better. We're not manufacturing more picks out of the blue. So, you know, it's tough. This is you tough. Might, you might as well. You might as well just shut him down for the season. If he's if he has this supposed knee injury, just do a minor procedure, shut him down, trade him in the summer and be done with it. I think it works That's better for your chances to trade him, bro. Can you get? Can you even get a disabled? You probably can't get a disabled player exception. Who for Kyle? Yeah, you probably can't do that. I think that they're that now they're going to have to do some about face bullshit, and he'll likely end up trying to figure out how to play, or there'll mm-hmm. be like some mysterious "I need to have my knee cleaned up" situation, and then off he goes. Yeah. Um, damn, it's just that's yeah. crazy. This is crazy. Like. It's wild. <laughs> I thought they, they would they at have, least. I thought they would at least get like Marcus Morris or Kelly. Here's Olay. the other thing: they <laughs> they they can't afford to not get contributions from Kyle Lowry the rest of the year if they're trying to like stay in the playoff push, and you know that they are. So at this point, they have to kind of lean back in on him. I mean, if you look at his averages, like if you just take that away from the team, like that's not going to help either. So like I, I don't know, like they're in a weird spot now, and. Maybe this summer they're going to make us look stupid by saying, you know, look at the two players we swapped when he all of a sudden wasn't expiring and we could put a pick attached to him. But damn, it just feels like that exception could have been used, the trade exception at the very least. That could have been used to take a shot on a guy. Um, So, yeah, this is a really – I, I, it's one of the few deadlines where I don't know where we go next. You, there's a great question to pose to John. Cause like, I don't know where you go next necessarily, unless you're just kind of waiting this whole thing out. You try so, your best to the try next season question real quick. Do they, do they get additional because you can trade up to seven years, your draft picks you have up to seven. So they're going to get, they're going to be able to move 2030 this summer. Uh, eventually yes like as that goes and you can go that many years out they need to clear up this 2025 thing if they really want to have the full flexibility to do everything with that and the swaps and the Didn't whole even do that mm-hmm. so <laughs> not specific players but what if we're going to address something in the buyout market what position is the need the four it has yes to be. yes it has to be yes i don't even know who's okay. out I mean, there <laughs> yes See, I can't believe Brooklyn didn't make a move because like I felt like they almost had too many guys that were so so duplicative duplicate. Yeah. I can't I'm not even be able to pronounce that word right now. Um so like that's an interesting spot. So maybe there's some buyout stuff that'll happen there. Maybe they've come to terms with that Jay will get bought out and that'll be the guy that they bring in, but we know that that's not moving the needle necessarily. I feel like we all wanted more than you know, 20 games of Jay Crowder. I, you know, if we want to take our attention off of Miami, put it on somebody else, Chicago for the second deadline in a row did absolutely nothing. I have no idea what that franchise is doing. The Raptors, no clue. The Raptors got Jakob Pertl and then that's it. So, yep. I don't know what they're doing either, being honest. The, the, the most puzzling teams are the Heat, Bulls, and Raptors. And, I was going to throw Memphis in there, but they did a little something. Ended up getting Luke Kennard and swapping out Danny Green, and I don't remember what else. But I don't know, boys. I can I can convince myself in the summer of Serge Ibaka and Gogo. I can do it. <laughs> oh, oh, Gogo Fatazzi. Let's we, do it. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Call back to the uh, spaces earlier. I mean, and now I'm, I'm I'm catching up to things here. I apologize. Um, Barry Jackson says that Lowry's return is not imminent. Uh, so who knows? The other part of this is we don't know every detail. And if there is some real messed up stuff in that knee, that could have stalled things with him. And like, I know people are going to say, I don't want to hear that shit right now. But like, that is the type of thing that would stall a deal. Uh, and probably Duncan requires too much draft capital to move. So then you arrive at a place where you're a little bit paralyzed. So that's kind of where I'm thinking that this ultimately landed. Damn, it hurts though. Yeah, yeah. You you you, you try to convince yourself like, hey, go. What you got? Sean, what I gotta get this to Alejandro so he can put it on the screen. They made a edit. They made an edit of the Camby gif with Ethan's head on it. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on, Alejandro. I'm gonna send this in the chat in a second. Oh, uh, what the fuck? Holy crap! Hold on. A <laughs> I need to see this, but like I, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are gonna just be like, I don't know, and I don't care. Just point, like the shit Ethan was saying about tweeting this team out. I don't think there's a single buyout candidate who's going to ignite y'all, especially in the comments, except for maybe the 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 ten percent that would be excited about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> maybe maybe the additional five percent that would have a boner for John Wall, but I just don't see it. Oh, so just they any of them clipper forwards are getting bought out because they got mad forwards now. I, mad bigs. I have to think um there's gotta be somebody somewhere. You know, Crowder landed in Milwaukee, so it's not him, obviously. Some buyout guy like Crowder is gonna be what they have to look for. You know what I mean? Like a player like that. They can't bring in another dog. Look at this. It's the branding at the top right that got me. That's beautiful. <laughs> and this is where we that's arrived a, on trade deadline. That's a young spry Ethan Skolnick right there. I mean, that it's is. it's he's got a big birthday. That that's yeah, that's, that's like a solid one. Rookie year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Well, you know, if you're trying to find positive, you convince yourself like, Hey, Lowry wasn't giving us minutes. Duncan Deadman wasn't giving us minutes. Now these guys are coming back. Omer, you just, you kind of hope they can fight for a six seed and be spry in the playoffs. And that Lowry can give you something. I'll be dead ass honest with you. So this is how this, I will process this because obviously it sucks to go through the deadline and then do nothing. But at some point you can't just sit and roll around in that. Like I know a lot of people like to sit around and roll around in their own shit when it comes to personal stuff. Like this is something where immediately we can go and say, okay, so what can you look for the rest of this year? Nobody wants to talk about that today, but I eventually agree with you that we can get to like, what does this mean when you fill those roster spots? Do you do it with young prospects? Mm-hmm. It's been that kind of day, huh? Yep. Yeah, one of those days. I think he was going to, you know, go to the point of Greg. You're back. You with your, veterans. We, we missed some. Of yeah, your we point. lost you, man. It's all good. Forget that it? I said anything. Why? No, wait. <laughs> that <laughs> was important. <laughs> you, you froze talking about either signing veterans or going with young prospects. That's where we lost you. Oh, I think we lost, lost him again. again. All right, cool. It is what it is. He'll be back. 
he'll probably restart. It's a good point. I mean, if you really think about it, it though, I'm trying to – I know that I'm always kind of hopelessly positive, but, like, if you look at who did Boston add? Anybody? Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala. Yeah, Mike. Okay. Tony's boy. Keep it, mo- keep it moving. Care. Milwaukee added Jay Crowder. Anybody else? No. I don't think so, right? Philly added Jalen McDaniels. That's it? And at the, at the cost of Matisse Thybul. Yeah, it's okay. And they still have and in Milwaukee's case, not- they lost Hill as well. Cleveland did nothing. And the Nets had a big shakeup. The Knicks made a nice move and added Josh Hart for a protected yes. first and Cam Reddish. I don't think that's going to like be amazing in terms of like rising up in the standings, but I think that's a good move for them and they should extend them this summer. The Bulls did nothing. Like, I get it. I, I would also say, because I'm with you, I would also say the opportunity was pro- the opportunity was probably there to jump ahead because Correct. of all the inactivity from your peers. Now, and in that's the bio I mean. market, like, maybe you get somebody healthy, but still. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Like, there, there was ob- there's clearly a gap between us and Boston and Milwaukee. I think Philadelphia is a little bit below that. And then there's a gap. And then there's Cleveland, us, and other teams. You had the opportunity to close that gap and you didn't do anything besides take out Deadman and get some cash and save some tax, right? Yeah. Now, you can't, you can't make your season dependent on injuries above you, things like that. I mean, the buyout market can only boost you so much. Those guys coming off of the buyout market aren't saviors, right? Bought out for a reason. Exactly. So can you – I don't think that – the ceiling or the floor of this team has changed, right? Like I, I still think it's matchup dependent. You could be either get out of the first round, you're a tough second round out, or you're just simply a first round difficult out for a certain team, depending on who you play. But to get there, you depend, you depend on so much of Jimmy Bam, Tyler, etc., along with role players. It's, it's just, we're getting by, we're five games above 500, but it's, we have to work so hard for those five games above 500. Yeah. And that's why I think it's, it's discouraging. It's, it's untenable. It's just untenable, especially without the variance of the three-point shot. Um, that can kind of be a game changer and get you back in the series, get you back in matchups and help you in the standings. Um, but we have so many non-shooters on this team and, and so many guys that aren't even contributing minutes that we're paying salary. So it's hard to see any other future besides that second-round exit. Um, but, you know... They're, Bam is really good right now. Bam's playing some really good basketball. He wasn't playing this well in the playoffs last year. So I, I do want to still see them get there because I want to know what this build looks like. Yeah. And I think, um, like, to me, the ceiling on this team was second-round exit at best, um, unless there are significant injuries to the Celtics and Bucks. But then we're talking about a season where the Heat have dealt with some injuries and you're hoping that they don't deal with uh, any significant ones down the road. Like, realistically, we're we're talking about this two months from now and their record at the end of the season is going to be, what, 46 and 36? Yeah. Maybe, at best. Um, and that's probably going to get you in that 4-5 or five spot and they'll have a competitive first-round series. Like, I don't think, t- to me, because I think, I think a lot of people are also in this, like, championship or bust thinking to me it's not necessarily like you you if you don't win a championship it's a failure but you at least want to be competitive when the opportunity presents itself and they didn't take a step forward today and that's where 
I understand the disappointment because it's there to be had. Like, I don't think any team is unbeatable and in a wide open league. Like, granted, Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, you can go toe-to-toe with a lot of big threes if you want to call it that around the league. But at the same time, you're going to ask for so much of your depth that hasn't come through all season long. You're going to get somebody on the buyout market who might not change your fortune. And, no, oh, by the way, I was saying you got to trade for a couple of guys to really, like, come in and sort of fix this, right? A four and a five because you need a backup center. And maybe Omer Yurtseven now may have to be. But, you know, and now you also have questions lingering at the end of this season because Max Scherz is going to be wanting a new contract. Omer Yurtseven is going to be wanting a new contract. Gabe Vincent is going to be wanting a new contract. Of the three, he probably gets one. Um, I think they, they make an array of moves probably in the summer, but another season is going to go by. And Jimmy Butler, who I people are going to start saying they should trade him. They should not. But Jimmy Butler is going to be 34 in September and you have to cash in while he's still playing at this level. So guys, let's look, uh, let's look at comments. So if you guys got something to get out there, you can obviously do it in a super chat. You know, if you, if you want to be more ambitious than our front office in terms of spending, um, if you just want to throw your comment out there, we'll get Alejandro to throw some of them up there. You can put, if you pose questions, we can take questions. We'll, we'll try to dance and entertain up here for about 10 more minutes. We'll close it up at three 30 since it appears we are moving on to, uh, the, uh, the buyout market. So lucky Luciano 23, we got a super chat $5. Thank you for that. It says all these players we have developed or vets we improved yet. We never we have never turned any of them into picks assets. It's mind blowing. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Do you feel like now that we know the outcome of the trade deadline, was it a mistake thinking about maybe like a Max Struess, a Gabe Vincent, a Omer, uh, Caleb Martin, maybe, although he has a little bit too much of a role, I feel like to put in this group of selling them off. Like you saw around the league today for, three to three to seven seconds or whatever the market dictated. What do you guys think about that? Uh, Max and Omer to me, Max in particular, given the way he's played this year, like I, he's another one. Ethan talked about this earlier. These guys don't really leave Miami and get better, right? Kendrick Nunn is having a moment right now, but we don't suspect that he's going to do what he was doing in Miami for a long period of time. Um, I think Max Struess is the one for me because then you probably get, I don't know, two seconds the way seconds are moving today. And you're able to replenish, you know, some second round value and potentially move that in another deal. But now he's going to be a free agent. And I mean, are you, what do you, he's going to want, he's going to want to get paid. He hasn't really earned that this year. And you have to do other things. And free agency is not going to be great anyway. You have to, you have to be able to, also navigate this through the rest of the league because a lot of teams are going to be aggressive this summer. And that's part of this too. Like people focus on the heat front office. Like a lot of teams are trying to do shit. They don't have enough to sit at the table and uh, they're going to try again in the summer, I guess. But yeah, I think it was, it was a mistake, not at least moving somebody who's going to expire this summer to get draft picks at the very, let me throw this next. Go ahead, Tony. Tony. You judge success usually based off the context that it happens in, right? Success or failure. And while other teams around the league were taking contracts that they were not going to resign, like Mike Muscala and uh, Jake Crowder and, you know, moving those guys for assets. I don't see another way to look at this. Max is the one glaring 
weakness. You you had to move that guy if you're not going to re-sign him for assets. And yeah. I, I just I, I think it's that's a criticizable action by them. Yeah, because you're I think like even he probably probably has more value because I feel like there's more of a curiosity there and there's a big I think there's a world where you could talk yourself into keeping him, but then why would you do that? Because you can honestly produce another one. And I say that as somebody who really likes your, liked him in college, covered him in college at Georgetown and in North Carolina state. But like you could do, you could do that again. And they probably will try with Orlando Robinson. And that's going to piss people off because he was also undrafted. I want to read this comment from donut Dan. He's put it in there a couple of times and he mentions Greg and Ethan saying on the podcast that the team, um, came back into the season and kind of surprised, maybe disappointed that nothing changed over the offseason. Obviously, there were all those rumors with Mitchell and KD and all those different things, and then it was essentially the same group minus PJ um, and, and how that affected the team. Maybe that, that they felt like um, you know things were going to change and they didn't. And he asked, what do you guys think in terms of like how they'll feel after the deadline now? Because I think there was probably some anticipation that beyond just Dwayne Dedman being taken out, that there was going to be changes happening and it's going to be the same group coming into shoot around tomorrow, or actually there is no shoot around tomorrow coming into the game tomorrow. So let's start with Tony. What do you think about that? Like kind of the almost emotional human side of this on the team. Well, look, I'll, I'll we watched uh, over the last weekend, you know, the guys get together and, and look like a family unit, taking pictures, having fun at Tyler's uh, Jersey retirement. I think there is a brotherhood in this locker room. Maybe it's gotten a little bit stale. Maybe there's some pieces they have to rework, but the human element and all of it is everybody's still here and nobody has to move their families and nobody has to go and uh, shift their kids out of school. And maybe they find some balance. You remember two, two deadlines ago when we had Duncan and Tyler shooting like shit from beyond the perimeter, all of a sudden the pressure of the trade deadline's gone and those guys can bounce back. So, you know, here's hoping something like that can happen. Uh, but that's like the most pie in the sky, the biggest way I can spin it in a positive direction. <laughs> Brian? I mean, they pitched it to me. I had to do what I had to do, man. Well, uh, what's the question? Sorry. I got distracted <laughs> I you. by I got distracted by Let's go to the happy. next. Let's go to the next super chat. Rock the mic. Chat, actually, yeah. $5 super chat. Thank you for giving us money because our owner doesn't want to pay the tax uh, and you are willing to give your money. So, if it were possible, would you guys have traded Hero ahead of today's deadline for draft capital to acquire any of the guys that were moved today? So there was a lot of uh, discussion. Uh, Albert, uh, one of the one of the friends of the show, put an article on um, a few days ago talking about trading Tyler to the Spurs because they can kind of absorb that money um, with the poison pill and getting some draft capital back. Is that something that you guys and, and you can keep this quick so we can go to both of you would think about? So Tony, was that something that you thought was maybe good for the heat or keep it moving context of now. No, because I don't know what we would have did with those picks. Uh, But before I was thinking about it, I was definitely thinking about it, especially if we have to look at Tyler this off season as somebody who needs to be moved in order to make anything else possible. Brian. I don't think anyone was taking back Tyler with that poison pill and, you know, San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Th- I didn't see a Tyler trade like now. I-, I felt like it was. If it wasn't gonna happen last summer, we're gonna revisit it this summer when his extension actually kicks in. Which it'll be easier to trade. I don't know about easier, but it'll be more palatable because you're gonna be able to match the salary to a lot of other players of that tier. 
um you could also package him in with other stuff to make stuff work like it's better that he's going to be closer to 30 million the high 20s or so as opposed to like four or five or whatever he's getting now so but nobody wants to hear that right now because as you can see <laughs> everybody's um living in the moment and uh yeah i i get it because today's trade deadline day and you saw a, a big just what a shit just hit you in the face yeah Well, let's close it up then, guys. We, um, we've been on for about an hour and a half. We've been doing streams all afternoon. We were in, excited and anticipating. It was like uh, Christmas morning. You walk down the steps to the living room, and uh, <laughs> someone, someone stole your couch. I mean, there was nothing in the living room when you got down there. Um, oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to t- – I mean, we'll, we'll have things covered. Obviously, the season is going to continue. you got 30 games. you got two more games before the All-Star break. You know, they talked a couple days ago about Spoh's goal was to be seven above 500 going into the break. They can still do that. Uh, but I, I don't really at this point blame people that are frustrated and upset with what's going on because the front office didn't do anything to give you hope. And I don't think there's any buyouts that are going to do that either. So, um, you know, stay tuned to Five Reasons Sports. We'll have you covered tomorrow with the game against the Rockets this weekend with games coming up before the All-Star break. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, G. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Alejandro, John Jablanca, everybody that came in. Thank you guys in the comments, your super chats and all those different things. We'll still be here unless Twitter burns down. I'm going to close with this, though. Hey, be nice to people today. Be nice to people on the timeline. Even be nice to Barry. Barry's frustrated like the rest of us. So Try to be be nice. nice Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice to Barry. He needs help. So He'll thank you guys you for coming in. <laughs> close it. Close it. Close hopefully, it, close we, it. hopefully we can get some seconds. Close it on that. Give us second rounders. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.